Hey, this is Bruce, and I am on uh, staying in my home on quarantine. Uh, but uh, this is another podcast for cybersecurity IT combo courses. And today I'm going to be talking about. I've got two questions I'm going to answer. One is uh, going from Linux, a Linux security, uh, sorry, a Linux administrator to a an information system security officer or a, a uh, security, cybersecurity type uh, position. I'm going to show you how to do that. That's kind of what, what you're looking at here if you happen to be watching me. Um, and then we're going to talk about, um, somebody had a question about upgrading an OS in their environment. The organization is upgrading an OS and they want to know like what controls that you have to, do you have to change for that? Those are the two questions I'm going to answer, and then I'm going to open up to any kind of questions that you guys have. Um, any questions about anything security-related, we'll talk about it, and let's let's get into this. All right, so first off, I have a resume here, and what I want to do is, first of all, I want to apologize. Last week, somebody asked me a question, and they they asked me, I'm a, they said, I'm a Red Hat Linux person, and I want to do what, you, what you're doing. I want to do cybersecurity. How do I go from Red Hat? Uh, system administrator to a sort of like a cybersecurity engineer or or a ISO or something like that. And w I just watched my video back and I didn't answer his question. I started telling him how to get a job doing Red Hat. So uh, first off, I apologize for that. And secondly, I'm going to show you how to do it. How to transfer, how to go from here to there, how to go to from a Linux administrator to a cybersecurity person. So first off, let me let me frame this for you. If you happen to be an IT person, if you happen to be, if you happen to have done help desk for a couple years or a year, if you happen to have done um, network engineering, if you happen to have done a Unix administrator, a Linux administrator, if you happen to do, have done any kind of IT work and you think that you're not doing any security, you're wrong. Because if you've done any, if you've done any kind of IT, there's a ninety percent chance you've already done quite a bit of security, and you just didn't know it. So, what you want to do is you want to make your resume is to highlight all the security stuff you've done on your resume. All right. So now I'm going to show you how how you do that. So right here I have a resume for a Tom Brock. I just made this name up randomly and um, I made this resume right here that I uh, have on screen. This resume has two different job experiences on it. Has one as, uh, as, as the title of it is Tom Brock Red Hat Administrator and the experience is co uh, company location and the position first position is Unix Administrator Linux Red Hat Linux and then the second one company location position was same thing unix at another company he was a unix administrator or she was a unix administrator doing red hat linux right and then there's another one just says linux admin and shows all the stuff that they've done what we're going to do you want to take this entire resume and we're going to highlight all the security things that they've done i'm going to show you where to grab some kind of cybersecurity stuff that you can get and put it in your resume. Now we're not gonna lie here. We're not we're not lying. Okay, first off, we're not gonna lie on a resume. We want to make it as accurate as possible. We just sometimes we want verbiage 
that we may not know, right? So we got to know where to get that kind of stuff. So that's what I'm talking about. First off, let's look at the top. We're going to put in what we, uh, our projected job. Right now we have a Red Hat system administrator, but we're going to turn this into a cyber security analyst. Cybersecurity analyst. This could be a cybersecurity engineer, cybersecurity. You check, take your pick on the name. The names are interchangeable with cybersecurity. In some cases, it's not. If you're a forensics guy, you know you're gonna be a forensics guy. But uh, we're we're talking about a cybersecurity analysts. You could do. There's many different types of jobs in security. It's a very. It's pretty broad. But for now, just for a filler, we're gonna put cybersecurity analysts. Okay. So. In our first position at company, let's say, let's call it company A. And the location was, I don't know, Virginia or something, right? And position was a Unix administrator, Red Hat Linux. And then we have the month, day, year to present. This is where we currently work. We're going to highlight all the security things we've done. Now, you may be asking, like, Bruce, like, what do you mean security stuff I've done? I'm, I'm a Linux guy. How would I? Well, how you have you ever updated the Linux system. Have you ever, if you've ever updated the system and put patches on the system, like let's say you put, uh, you updated, I'm just writing it, I'm typing it in here, updated, let's say responsible for updating, let's say you're, this organization had 100 Linux system 100 let's say the entire agency's server farm with critical patches that's the security congratulations you've done some security so you want to put that on the top of your resume you want to put all security stuff on the top of your resume right because you've done security before you just need to highlight it right and actually uh i see patching already here so they've already written it here i grabbed all this stuff from somebody else's resume by the way <laughs> uh, so i'm gonna what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna take their verb because this is pretty good update patches configure and i could do better than this respond and then we're gonna say watch this watch this um there's something called vulnerability management. So this is a huge keyword for cybersecurity. It's used in most organizations. What we're doing is highlighting things that are security related that help the entire organization. So you, you wanna think of it in terms of, see, the, the shift here for a system administrator or a help desk person is to go from I fixed this system to I helped the entire organization from a securities perspective, because this is what employers are really looking for. They they have a problem in their organization and they're looking for a skilled professional yourself to come and fix that problem. So it's not that you're, and it's not just that you're fixing that Linux uh, Red Hat 6 box, it's that you are an asset to the whole organization, that you uh, didn't only fix that Linux box, you, assisted in the vulnerability management of the organization you see it on you see the shift there so let's just let's write that assisted in 
vulnerability management of the organization by what do we do? What was our what do we do? By updating the update whoops up put the v in the wrong place updating the entire agency's server farms with critical patches right so you see see the shift see the difference in language so in one i don't know let me make sure you guys can see this for those of you watching this and not just listening so the shift was i'm not just fixing and patching applications i'm assisting the whole organization what is my impact as a skilled cybersecurity expert to your entire organization? Am I lying? No, that's literally what I did. I'm just shifting to show what I really did, to show my impact, because that's what organizations want to see. All right, so now let me, let's, let's put some more stuff in here, okay? So this person put, uh, let's, let me just read this person's stuff here. I didn't really read it. Uh, updated patches and configured software. Okay, I already already put that in there. I'm gonna get rid of that. We don't want redundant stuff in here. Uh, perform day-to-day -day operations and interface and interface and with internal and external clients. Okay, how about this? Provide. What can we do? We're thinking. What have we done from a security perspective to impact the whole organization? We provided, not only did we do, we did day-to-day uh, -day operations for to an interfacing with the internal and external clients, we provided cybersecurity expertise to the, to external clients. Um, how do how do we do that by 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 giving daily uh, security training and best and best practices and best practice tips to uh, to peers uh, no not to peers that doesn't, doesn't make sense to um, HR department I don't know <laughs> again we're not we're not lying we're not embellishing we're talking about take what you have done and shift it to your impact to the organization so that's what that is what we're doing don't don't lie on your resume. That's the worst thing you can do. Because if you get a res like, listen, what you're trying to do is get an interview, right? If you get the interview, you want to nail it. You if you lied on your resume, you're making stuff up. If your see the thing is, truth comes through. If you're truthful on your resume and say what you really did, all the security stuff you really did, the passion of what you did comes true. It comes through, and people can read that. People see it. So what other what other security things have you done? Let's let me just take you on a little journey here. Uh, let me show you something here. Uh, this is right. What you're looking at here is a, a family of security controls, right? Now this may not mean anything to you, 
But thing is, it does. If you're an IT person, you've done a lot of the things on this list. What are you looking at? This is the NIST family of controls. Now, what's special about this is that it, there's an international standard that covers these same controls. In some way, shape, or form, they have different names for it. But there's an ISO, it's called ISO um, 27000 is one of them. I think that's for risk-based stuff. Anyway, there's an international standard. There's one for banking. Uh, there's one that covers, um, there's PCI. There's health organizations. There's Sarburns, Oxley, who, who does uh, uh, banking and financial stuff. All of them cover some sort of security controls. And you're looking at a template uh, that looks a lot like all those security controls. You know why? Because everyone uses the same security best practices. And let me just show you what you've done before if you happen to be an IT person. If you're an IT person, you have definitely done some sort of access control. You've done, you've probably even done documentation for access controls. You definitely created some uh, accounts for people. That's, that's AC2, access control management. Uh, you've definitely done some kind of flow control. You've done some separation of duty. You've done some, I'm saying a lot of jargon, but these are things that you have done before. And what I'm telling you is to do is put these in your resume and show your impact to the whole organization of how you've done it. So that's what we're, that's what we're trying to do. Let me show you another one. AT. So I was in the resume that I showed you, I was showing you how you've trained if you've ever trained on security, if you've ever trained, a lot of times in an IT department, you may think you've never trained before, but if you've ever had a session where you had to take a peer aside and teach them some stuff about routers or something, right? There was something they didn't understand or some new person comes in, you give them on-the-job training, guess what? You're training them. You're teaching them. At some point, you got to show them some security, right? You got to show them, okay, here's how you do a password. Just, I mean, it can be as simple as that. Password is 14 characters long, has special characters, has uh, lower and uppercase characters, stuff like that. You, you're doing training with them. On, uh, and that is uh, awareness, uh, security awareness and training. Another one is uh, this one right here, AU controls. That's auditing. If you've ever turned on audit logs, if you've ever uh, looked at an audit trail to see what's going on with the system, why is it not working all of a sudden? If you're a Linux administrator, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Process stops. You gotta go into the back end of you gotta go into the command line and you gotta what was it called? Um, you gotta do an audit trail. Audit uh, you gotta do a trail dash L. I, I don't remember the, the commands anymore, and I apologize, but you've gotta do you've gotta go into the audit logs and look at what happened, what where and see where it actually stopped, where the process stopped. You can do a I don't know, a PS command. I, and I can't remember the exact command, but you got to do a PS command to see what processes are running and why it stopped. So in, in that, you're looking at the logs to see what happened. Why, where did it go wrong? Where are the errors? So audit logs, you have, you have turned on audit logs. You've turned off audit logs. You've, um, you've looked at audit logs. So all of those things, all of these things right here address some sort of some features of security things that you've done. And you want to put those in your resume. And you want to put them at on the top. Now I can't tell you what you have done in your career, but you know what you've done in your career. And you want to go through your resume and figure out, okay, what security things have I done? And if you're curious about it, like you can not only can you use NIST, you can go through um, SANS like top ten, top ten items of best practices, and I guarantee you've done multiple things on that list.
Uh, think about audit logs. Think about any time you've set up accounts. Think about any time you've um, even done physical security. If you've ever had to uh, put a system in a rack and make sure that there's physical security around in, inside of the um, the uh, the uh, the server room. Uh, think all of those things are security related that you have done. You want to put those at the top of your resume and then market yourself as a cybersecurity person because you've actually done cybersecurity stuff before, right? Now, if you don't feel comfortable putting the, the title cybersecurity because you've never held that title, okay, fine. Put uh, You could put Linux, uh, Linux uh, admin security. You know, put security in the, in the name to um, to make yourself more marketable. You're trying to make yourself more marketable as a cybersecurity person. That's what you're trying to do. Now somebody is here saying, um, at work I'm going through the uh, 500 of these 853 controls and I'm mapping them to the risk management requirements. It's brutal, man. Yeah, it's it's not it's not easy. Uh, it's 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 a lot of work. It's it's it is a full time job. That is for sure. And you will miss things. Um, and that, but that's why you have assessments and stuff. So what you'll do is you'll go through the entire, all the security. I know, I feel your pain because that's exactly what I've done before. You go through all the security controls and then, uh, you, you make sure that there are, somebody is going to actually implement them and make sure that they're in place. And then somebody's going to assess them. So it's not just you. Like one thing to keep in mind is that when you're doing the security controls is it's not just you doing those security controls. It's a whole team, right? There's stakeholders. Don't like a, a lot of times us security people have a tendency to put all the stuff on our shoulders. And you got to remember, it's a team effort. You're, you don't ever take all the responsibility. Share the wealth. <laughs> Share the wealth, man, because it's not not just you. Um, yeah, peer review. Exactly. All right. So um, that's it for this one. Um, I, I would, you know, maybe I'll cover this again and have a more prepared um, I've walked through this before where I've helped, I've done one of these before where I went through the, the, uh, partial portion of the, um, resume and I put some more language in there, but I hope that you get the gist of this one. I'm going to move on to the next subject, which was, um, well, actually I got another person talking here. Let me see. Novi says, Bruce, thank you for the content. Your channel's underrated outside of ISO and risk management framework. What are some other options for remote work? that are not so heavy on documentation oh man there's plenty um i was actually afraid uh because most of the jobs i see are mostly technical um but aside from iso and risk management um i, I think you maybe have a i have a kind of a jaded view because that's what i do but pff, many of the jobs are uh network related ne um network uh a net a uh, network engineers um, have a lot of remote jobs. Um, Linux administrators have a lot of remote jobs. Seam people have a lot of remote jobs. Splunk, ArcSight have a lot of remote jobs. Uh, those are all very technical. Um, I would say most of them are technical, to be honest with you. Most are, are very technical. Um, some are document. I, I happen to find those because that's what... That's what I've marketed myself to do. So like a lot of the jobs that come to me are are, are ISO and risk management framework related. Okay. Um, and before I go on any further, if you guys are interested in 
knowing more about this and deep diving into this or other topics, uh, you can go ahead and check out combocourses.com and I've all these I've got free stuff there. I've got every now and then I'll release a newsletter with a video. Um, I've got I'll I'll give out discounts sometimes for my courses. Uh, tons of stuff, downloadables, you name it. And I'm gonna put more and more content out there uh, for everyone. So just go ahead and sign up at combocourses.com and uh, support the channel. Okay. So now what I'm gonna do is cover this one right here. Um, from DF, he says, he or she says, let me see if you guys can read. I don't know if, if that's big enough. So, okay, it says, it says, hi, um, I'm going through an upgrade of an operating system and I'm wondering what controls will be impacted, but most, uh, impacted the most because we need to gather artifacts, that, that means evidence of, uh, for an assessment. Okay, this is this is a great question. This is a great question. This is so great that I actually prepared a little slide for this one. Um, I like this one because this is one that that you worry about as a as a risk as a risk management framework person. All right, so here we go. Um, here, what you're looking at here is the NIST 800 process. Um, NIST 837 uh, risk management framework process and so for this person asking they're changing their operating system what controls do they need to go through and the the answer is all of them and don't like I know you're like what are you talking what do you mean all of them you got to go through all of them and let me explain so when you do a major change on a system um you have to go through the process of getting it, of making sure that the security posture on the system remains the same. And to do that, you have to make sure all the security controls have not been affected by this major change that you've made. Um, now, now the caveat to that is that it's not as hard as you think because most of the controls are not going to change, right? So your physical security controls aren't going to change. Let me just go through these. So the physical, that's PE, physical security control is not going to change, right? You didn't change locations. If you change locations, then yeah, physical location, uh, uh, physical location is probably going to change the physical and environmental protection of the security controls. If you, AC controls are probably not going to change because you probably have the same security policy. You probably do things like you still are going to make the accounts the same, right? You, unless you're suddenly changing the method of how you create accounts then that may, you know, the operating system is so drastically different that you have to actually change your process, then yeah, maybe that's different. Like maybe you're going from, if you were going from a Windows system, a Windows 2008 system that just went end of life, and you're going to a Oracle system, like you're a database, then yeah, access control might drastically change where you have to change that completely. But if you're going from a Windows uh, 2008 system that went end of life and you went over to a windows 2012 and it's essentially doing the same thing but you guys want to move from an end of life system to a system that's going to be um that's going to be supported by microsoft for the next uh four or five years or whatever it is then there's not going to be much of a change so you're going to go through every one of the controls and most of it won't change however there will be things that do change those things that change will be mostly technical let me explain what i mean by that so once you have put the new system in place, right? Um, 
you've applied all the new security controls. Like someone, I don't know if it's you or you're part of your team or you're part of the team that does it, but they're going to implement all the security controls. They're going to put, uh, make sure that the system is has the proper encryption, has the proper cert, uh, certificates, has the proper connections. Um, if you guys have a, a, a maybe you have um spyware, anti-spyware on there, or you have antivirus on there, that has to go on there. Uh, it has to have updated signatures. There's a whole bunch of work that has to be done when you're going through and putting this new operating system in. Once all of those things are in there, right? All this, the technical controls, and I don't know if you have like a document that'll walk you through it, or maybe you, you have STIGS, uh, uh, a security technical implementation guide that's walking you through everything, or maybe you have, some people have like a script that'll like put everything in there, you know, one part at a time so you don't lock the system out or something. Uh, but all that stuff's in there. The next step, once it's been implemented, is to do an assessment on this. And that's where we're going through this this wheel again, right? So you didn't have to do categorization because you know the system's going to remain the same. All the same information's going in there. You have pretty much all the same controls. That doesn't change. But you've had to implement the controls again on this operating system, right? And I'm assuming that this system is one of your main systems, right? It's not a side system, it's an asset, it's a it's a server. So you have to implement all those controls again, which means you gotta reassess those controls. Once you reassess the controls, what happens a lot of times is when you go from one operating system to another operating system, is that the new operating system, there's gonna be like slight changes where some things won't work the same way anymore. And so that's what you're trying to weed out and make sure that it's working as, as close as possible to the original security uh, posture. And when I say security posture, it's it's a, uh, an odd word for the same uh, security level that you had before, essentially. So once you've implemented, you've, you've assessed the controls and got them as close as possible to the original, now you're gonna have to go to author, authorizing the system. And this is where it goes to your head of agency, your I don't know if it's a colonel or, or CEO or CFO or whoever, CIO or somebody who has to approve the system. And so you've gone through all the security controls. You've validated that the physical security controls didn't change, that the training security controls, the, all the controls didn't change anymore, right? But the technical tro controls did, right? Those, con those controls did change, and those ones will affect things like this. Like this one might change identification and authentication like when you're putting when you're putting this one into the system uh one of the things that might be affected is like um how you're logging into the system it may be slightly different um another technical control is um uh we already talked about ac controls um but, but that's i'm trying to look for other controls that will be uh might be affected by encryption might be infected, uh, affect, infected. <laughs> you know it's on my mind. Uh, SA controls, uh, system and services acquisition, that's dealing with uh, how the person purchased the system. So that may not, that might not be a factor because I'm assuming that you went through all the proper channels to actually get the new operating system on there. Uh, SE controls, that's your system and communication um, protection controls. That's where you have your encryption are you using uh, SSL or TLS, TLS 1 or 2 or 3? Which TLS 
uh, version of TLS are you are you using on that system? Those are very technical controls that you may see once you run a scan and you're doing the assessment on the system. Once you're doing this this assessment right here, those things might come up and you'll see that it it may have changed. But you want, like I said, you want to get them as close as possible. So authoriz authorizing the system, that's one thing they're going to be looking at. They're going to be looking at the scans and making sure, okay, is this still the same security level that we had before? Last time we only had we had no issues with the old legacy system, except that it is is end of life. But in the new system, um, we have these different changes technically. So that's um, I hope that answers your question. Um, you asked well, your question was what controls change? Uh, what controls um, do I have to worry about if I'm going to a new operating system? And I would say all of them. But the only one you have to validate all of them because you're gonna have to go through the whole you're gonna have to go through the process again and somebody's gonna have to authorize the system. But the ones that really change are gonna be the technical controls, and I hope that answers your question. All right, and I'm gonna go ahead and answer some questions here that somebody's asking or conversation here. I got Vince. How you doing? Uh um Vincent, he says, uh, good job, brother. Uh keep up the good work. Thanks, man. Um, started as an ISO recently, still onboarding, waiting to get my T5. What is a T5? Is that a clearance? Is that a, must be some kind of security clearance. Um, and any advice on what should I read while I'm waiting for my clearance? You're, oh yeah, 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 absolutely. I got some stuff. Um, you should read. What should you read if you're a new ISO waiting for your clearance? A real good reading that's going to be real relevant to what you're what you're doing is um, it's going to be Risk Management Framework, um, which is NIST 837. Uh, I would read that one. Um, another one would be NIST 853, which is the security controls that you see here. Oh, T, oh, okay. A T5 is higher than a secret, lower than a TS. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, so, NIST 837, NIST 853. Uh, another really good one that people don't talk about is NIST 812, which is like, a, it's like a cybersecurity blanket. It just kind of goes through. Let me, let me just show you that one real quick. That's a good one too, I think, to read. Let me just see if I can uh, find that one real quick. Um, let me see here. It's NIST 800-12. This one's pretty good. Um, it's, uh, it's like a basic breakdown of just NIST security, uh, computer security stuff. And why I like it is it has a real good um, definitions of what I'm talking about. Some of the stuff I'm, I'm saying, like sometimes we in this field will say words that, um, you know, professional words that aren't normally, you're not, you don't use them in public or anything. It's an introduction to information security. So it's it gives you a good rundown on, and you, if anything, if nothing else, you can just keep it as a reference. And let me just show you the kind of stuff that's in here. Getting past all of the references and everything, uh, the who who authorized it and all that, into the purpose, 
intended audience. Um, there's some really good stuff in here. Exp explanation of all the roles that you're going to see. Those are good to kind of skim through. Like CIOs are really important uh, that you're probably going to end up dealing with this person or their staff. And it just explains what is this? What is a CIO? What do they do? You'll you'll learn here that the the CIO is is above the actual security people. Like normally you have a security office and they're underneath, directly underneath, and report directly to the the CIO. Stuff like that. Like what is this? What is the information owner? What is a, a senior um, agency information security officer? And there's different names for this. Like it probably won't be named exactly that, but you'll see the you'll see people who are very similar to this. Um, this is a good document, but a better document is once you get through this one, light reading, just kind of going through it, skimming through like definitions and stuff. Definitions like this, threat and uh, vulnerabilities, an overview, like what is it? What And see how it's referencing other documents and stuff like risk management documents and stuff like this. It's a good place to start that'll branch you off into other things. It's, it's pretty good, like advanced persistent threat. You know, this is really, really good information. Like th these are words that they'll people throw around. Like they'll say, they won't even say advanced persistent threat. They'll say APT and you'll be like, what? What does that mean, you know? But now you'll know because you have this document that has this jargon in it and it points you in the other directions here. So that that's, those are the three documents I would, I would recommend. Uh, let me see, I've got some other folks talking to me here. Navi2000 says, um, I have I have uh, seen a lot of Splunk. I've done incident response before and working on a CISSP and I need I need to buy your course, thanks. Um yeah, Splunk is really uh Splunk is really good stuff to get into. It pays really good, man. And then he says, uh, um I've done incident response before. Incident response is is pretty hot like that's pretty hot stuff right there and working on CISSP another option is instead of CISSP if you find it a little bit too too pricey and too hard is um, it's just unnecessarily hard man um, I have a CISSP um, but to be honest with you um, get something that CISSP is awesome um, it's awesome, but the CASP is also really good, and it's equal to, and and I don't know that it's as hard as the CISP, but you're gonna get treated the same with the CASP, I think. Um, CISP is is probably more widely accepted, like it's 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 accepted in several different um, industries, but the CASP is also is is also accepted in the federal government if if that happens to be the space you're working in. So just to kind of just giving you more options. You know, but CISSP, like if you, if it, it's, it's definitely worth getting, man. It changed my life. I mean, it's no doubt about it. Um, Jay Smith says, but don't, but doesn't it depend on what you categorize the system at moderate, 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 low? Oh, you're referring to what we were talking about as far as, um, as far as us going through what controls that you need. Um, I, I suppose it, it depends on a lot of different things, right? Like it depends on if it's a low a low system, like if it's a L you know, a low system where 
the impact to the system is very low if the system if the system goes down and um, you're changing operating system and the organization states that okay we're not gonna redo we're not we don't want to redo the authorization on the system because it's a low-level system yeah you know it depends on the environment it depends on a lot of different things so that's a good point Jay um, depends on the organization ultimately they they're, they're the shot callers on that one uh, high even secret clearance okay what about a damp them and somebody I think explained it below correction oh, okay DSS assessment and authorization is it something one should read as well um it's kind of specific it's kind of specific no one um, to be honest with you uh, that document what I mean is it's specific to their organization to DSS and it's not even called DSS anymore it's called defense oh, I have to google it um, DSS is new name agency they have a new name I don't I don't recall what it is defense counterintelligence security agency so it's that document is good but it's specific to their organization it would be like the equivalent of reading like of reading the army's uh, AR what is it 25-2 I don't uh, in the Air Force's uh, 33 uh, 101 I don't know <laughs> I might be just blowing smoke here let me see AFI uh, 33 let me see how good my memory is I'm getting old man I can't remember stuff anymore 31 101 is wrong <laughs> 31 it's uh 31 201 I think 201 201 uh, nope that's not it oh okay wait I'm on the right track communication and information uh, this might be on the right track yeah 33201 so 33201 AFI 3300 is it uh, focuses on the Air Force's implementation of security and, and information technology, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just put in, okay, let me just cheat. Air Force um, Cybersecurity. Oh man, come on Google. Cybersecurity document. Help me out here if anybody knows what this, what, what I'm trying to say here. Security documentation. I thought it was AFI 33. I'm kind of going down a rabbit hole here. Maybe they changed it. It's been a long time since I messed with the Air Force. It might have changed. And I can't find it. I don't know. Used to. I thought it was Cybersecurity 101. No. Okay. Let's go to the Army. It's AR. 25-2 AR 25-2 AR 25 oh somebody said it 25-2 25-2 I used to know these things really well man I've been out of the loop on DOD for some time there that's part of it anyway yeah uh, the DAA DA uh PM isn't it DAAPM Yeah, this is the document you're that you're referring to. 
this organization has their own interpretation of cybersecurity, how they basically, they take the NIST and then they have their own, not interpretation is probably not the right word, but um, overarching um, security policy for the organization, just like the Air Force has the 3300 series and the Army has um, AR-25-2. Um, every organization has an overarching um, security policy that addresses how they implement uh, federal regulations for doing for conducting cybersecurity. And the way that they usually what they'll do is they'll take a large portion of the NIST and they're implementing the NIST in there, the NIST security standards. All right, let me see who else we got here. So yeah, reading that your question was should you read that? Yeah, you you can, but a better reading a better reading would be the source documents, which would be NIST NIST 837, NIST 853, uh, the NIST documents. Uh, are better because they're it's a vanilla version of what what the Department of Defense the Department of um, all these other federal agencies are doing they're 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 actually using the NIST so that's what I would recommend um, let me see garage um, autonomous says <laughs> just stopping by to thank you for your channel and content thanks man appreciate that I'm glad um Glad people are getting some value out of it. Um, this is the stuff I do, so I, I like to pass pass it on when I can. But before I let everybody go, how are you guys doing out there? You guys, uh, hope everybody's um, taking this thing seriously. Because uh, it's serious. Uh, so just uh, take care of yourself, take care of your family. Stay indoors, protect yourself, protect people who are vulnerable to this stuff. Because it just might be you, man. It might be you, might be me that's vulnerable to it, I don't know. Um, for all I know, uh, we might have had it here a couple weeks ago. I mean, I don't. since we have no tests, we don't know. So just take care of yourselves out there. And thanks for all the great questions and uh, great information. I'm always learning stuff as I go through this stuff, so I'm, I appreciate that. It's a great way for me to continue to, to grow and stay relevant in this field. Um, right now, I'm doing stuff for the private sector, and it's it's fun. I love it. Um, but uh, staying up on the NIST stuff, this is a great way for me to like stay fresh on it to by teaching it. Yeah, these days what I'm doing is uh, I'm doing um, risk analysis for different companies. And uh, for private organizations, for banks, and for uh, hospitals and stuff like that, and it's I'm really having a blast. It's, it's really expanding my horizons. But I want to. My core is really um, Department of Defense, NIST, that kind of stuff is really is is really where I'm where I'm coming from. So I want to stay relevant in it, and so this is a great opportunity for me to do that. Let me see if there's any other questions. I saw some really good ones on my site here that I'm going to have to save for another day. Um, somebody said, David said, I've noticed that there are more companies hiring for remote jobs. Yep. Yes, there are. Um, how do you troubleshoot, though? Yeah, that's that's a whole nother, um 
a whole nother thing that I would like to maybe do. And I, I don't feel like I'm the best person to talk about that. I'm not, I've done cyber, I've done the technical stuff. I know how to troubleshoot, but I don't know that I, I'm qualified to teach it. Excuse me, I don't have a lot of experience with it. I'm not, I've never been super good at it. So, <laughs> I mean, I can figure stuff out, but I don't know if I can, exp if I understand it enough to explain it to others, you know what I mean? Uh, but maybe I'll think about it. Maybe I'll I'll run through my old stuff there. Um, I didn't I didn't find this very useful for the free Splunk Splunk site stuff. Okay, somebody else said that they did. So I said nice job. Um, I was studying for the CNA the CCNA at one time and a lot of the CMDs were similar to Linux. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So in this video, I was talking about how CM, how uh, command line interface and knowing Linux really helps you out with internet working devices like Cisco and Juniper and Palo Alto and the back end of um, Splunk and the back end of like ArcSight. Um, it helps with all that stuff. That's what I was saying for that one. It, it really helped me out knowing Linux. Um, somebody else says, um, couldn't have come in a more perfect time. Great. Great to hear that. And this is the one I've been wanting to cover. Let me see if I can find it. That was a real good question here that I might want to do. Here it is. I like this one, but this one I'm going to have to save for another video. Um, can you do a video interpreting vulnerability scans? Yeah. I can totally do that. That's a good one. That's a great question. Wow, I like that. I'll have to come back another time though because that one takes a lot of... Um, that's going to take a lot of... Um, I'm going to have to prep for that one and get and find a... Go on Google and then find the actual uh, scan that somebody put out there for whatever reason. And then I could do a scan on... I could do an interpretation of those. All right. Let me see. I got some more people talking here. Nabi2000 says, well done. Oh, doing well, he says. Uh, N95 in gloves. We When we have to enter the stores, this is going to go for a long time. Yeah, you're probably right, Nabi. Um, I, I, lately, I started wearing, wearing the gloves and getting all kind of crazy looks here in Colorado. <laughs> wearing the gloves and stuff. But I'm seeing some people taking it more serious, like wearing masks and stuff, which is good. You know, the main thing is like, don't, don't touch your face, you know, after you've been out and about, like go home, wash your hands and sanitize and stuff, you know, but then you want to wear the mask and stuff to, uh, protect yourself from people coughing or you coughing at somebody else. Navi says, um, we need the antibody test. Yes. To see if we have already had the COVID-19 to recover. Yeah, man, that's so important. Otherwise, how are we going to? go back to work like if you don't if we don't know who's already had it if we know we've already had it and we're already you know had we're asymptomatic we can go back to work and stuff or start going out with no problems um have you worked outside the government in security roles yeah actually right now i was just talking about that gabe i'm doing it right now as a matter of fact I'm having a blast. Um, I really like it. I'm learning a lot. 
totally different. I've done it before, but normally what I did was I was in a contract working for government slash other B2B, but it was still, still felt like the government, but now I'm doing like purely non-government stuff and, um, I'm doing like, I'm analyzing different security, uh, for different companies. So, um, I like it. It's, it's, it's a way to learn. Uh, I'm learning other things. So I'm, I'm, it's more fun. Like I've been doing risk management for so long. That's not like a challenge anymore. So, you know how it's, it, I've been doing it so long. It's not challenging. It's, it's gotten kind of, it's gotten kind of boring. Uh, cause I'm not, I already know like what, you know, but in this new field, I'm, I'm learning stuff. Uh, I'm learning new things. Um, it's, it's fun. I, I love learning new things and uh, I like being in a, in a place where I'm learning from other people who are so smart you know I, I love that I feel like a little kid you know where I'm learning from all these people who are way way smarter than me and then there's people who are really smart in one area you know what I mean like not not that they're smarter or whatever but they're really they're professionals and really good and like really deep in one area which all of us have that all of us have like something that we're really really good at in one area one area you know i've not met too many polymaths i've met a few like who are brilliant in everything or whatever um in south florida the ppe has become normal that's good man florida wasn't taking it serious at all for a while i mean did they stop having people go to the beach <laughs> did they close the beaches down <laughs> yeah i can't wait to do this one um I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve this one for another time. Where's that question at? Somebody said they wanted me to review a analyze a a vulnerability report. Vulnerability scan. Yeah, that's gonna be fun. I wanna do that live. Gabe says, I'm very similar. I've done DOD RMF work and transitioned into full time consulting with a security firm. I've learned so much outside DOD. Yeah. I like DOD. Don't get me wrong. I, I like the government. I like, um, I love learning the NIST. Actually, everything I learned from the NIST helps me out so much, man. Like it's, because I'm, because I know this stuff right here, like because I know this family of controls, um, it helped me to be very well-rounded um, to where whenever I'm with a client, like I know, I know what I'm seeing and I know what they may or may not, what they may, may, or, what they have to do, you know, to fix certain things or I can make different recommendations cause I know this stuff. So I definitely appreciate, uh, where I came from, from a technical perspective. And, um, I used to hate this stuff, man. It's funny cause I really, I really used to hate it, but, um, it's really gave, given me such a solid foundation in security that it's paved the way for so many other things that I can do. I mean, with this stuff right here, I could work. I could work in like England, you know, because it's it lines up with uh, with um, England's standards, with Canada's standards, the international standard that it lines up with. So it's it's really cool. Beaches are all closed now. Spring break break was stupid. With the kids out there. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, this is this is something else, right? I mean, this is so different. Excuse me. This is so such a different thing. Like this is something I've never we've never lived through this, you know, in our lifetime. So it's uh, it's very interesting. What scares me the most is the incompetence, um, the ignorance. Uh, the virus is, is is killing what in America so far? One two percent? Like um, that's bad. That's horrible. You know, New York is hit really hard. But really, what scares me is not this pandemic. You know, if it was if if the numbers were much higher, I'd be terrified. But um, I have I have a very decent respect for it. Don't get me wrong. But what scares me is the incompetence at the leadership level. And I'm not going to get into politics or anything here, but um, it's terrifying. It's I can't believe how incompetent uh, the leadership is. And hopefully the states step up and, um, and and do something. Some states have. California is, is has gotten it under control, which is good because um, they started early. And in Washington state is is finally getting in control so that's that gives me some hope but some of these states man they're not taking it serious at all so and thank thankfully colorado is is taking it serious so they're trying to crack down their uh governor Polis is doing a, i think he's doing a decent job of um making people aware he's been going on tv like every other day or week or something like that every week and um yeah so that's that's good and then the local uh, counties are taking it pretty serious, like as far as closing the schools down. That's what they're doing here. They close, close the schools down. Uh, so you, and then doing everything online. So that's good. I don't know how how serious people take it out and about in the stores and stuff. Some really, really ignorant people that are not paying attention to anything. I don't know if they're doing it on purpose or they don't care or or what but thankfully the uh some of the stores are starting to take it more serious so that's good i'm glad they they closed those beaches down over in in florida all right guys that's it for this one um i'll be back next week unless i can spend something else up tomorrow or sooner than that i usually try to do these on the weekend because i have a full-time job so don't do it on, on weekdays unless it's after work from time to time, hopefully I can do some more of those. But uh, for now, it's every week, maybe tomorrow. And uh, thank you guys for watching. Appreciate everybody. Um, thanks for all the people who've signed up on ConvoCourses.com. I got plenty. Of, and if you happen to be signed up, contact me via email anytime. Anytime, I'll answer your questions, uh, any questions that you have. And um, that's it for this one. Thanks for watching. I am.